Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. Thank you to our worship team for leading us in that time of worship. I want to invite you to take your copy of God's Word and turn to Psalm 78. Psalm 78, uh, right there in the, in the middle uh, of, the, of the Scriptures, Psalm 78. We're going to look at verses 1 through 7 today as we wrap up our series on parenting. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at a parenting's view, the The biblical view of parenting, what we can do as parents to live out God's word in our home. And today we're going to talk about God's glory in parenting together from Psalm 78, verses 1 through 7. You know, parents today view things a little bit differently than my parents did and the parents before them. I'll I'll give you an example to show we have something in common. Uh, We went to celebrate my dad's birthday yesterday. And I was there with my, my brother and my sister, and I can remember our old car that we had growing up, uh, Buick Century. And, uh, and so the, the armrest would fall down in the front. So you had the driver's seat and the passenger seat, but the armrest in the middle would fold down. And my sister, that was her seat when we would go places. My sister would straddle that armrest when she was four and five years old in the front seat. And when we went to town and we went to, to get something to eat or whatever, that was her seat. We didn't think nothing about it. Nothing at all. I can remember when I drove the Sit wherever you want to sit. Didn't make a difference. Parents would gasp and faint if they saw that happening today because the parents' view can just change over time, right? And we learn and we change and things become different. Well, one thing that should not change for us as parents when it comes to our families and our children is understanding the glory of God in our home. And that parenting and the glory of God go together. And that the glory of God drives parental steps. That's one thing that should not change. It should not look different. And when we come to Psalm 78, we see that this passage reveals that there is no room for parental neutrality when it comes to the issue of God's glory in the home. And as parents, we are called by the word of God the truth of the living God, to pass on his truth within our family to the next generation for his glory and for his name. And So let's turn to Psalm 78 and look at these first seven verses together this morning. And this is what the psalmist writes. My people hear my instruction. Listen to the words from my mouth. I will declare why sayings. I will speak mysteries from the past. Things we have heard and known that our ancestors have passed down to us. 
We will not hide them from their children, but will tell a future generation the praiseworthy acts of the Lord, his might and the wondrous works he has performed. Verse 5. He established a testimony in Jacob and set up a law in Israel which he commanded our ancestors to teach to their children so that a future generation, children yet to be born, might know they were to rise and tell their children so that they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works but keep his commands. I want to share a couple of principles with you this morning that come from this passage in Psalm 78, as we think about how God's glory drives parental steps. The first principle I want to share with you, with you is that truth must be declared. Truth must be declared. This week I received some tax documents. Can you believe that? I feel like I just filed my taxes three weeks ago, and now i got more tax documents coming in, right? What's the old saying? I don't know who this is credited to, but there's two things certain in life, death and taxes, right? And so here they are. But what do we do when we file our taxes? What do, what do we do when we go through that whole process? We are declaring what we have earned financially, right? We, we are putting it down, and part of that whole process is, is that we are declaring what we have brought in, what we have earned as our wages and through our career and through our job. Well, when we begin this passage, of ver- this, this passage of Scripture with these verses, we see a command and a declaration. We see a command and a de- declaration here in verses 1 through 4. The psalmist says, my people hear my instruction. And then in verse 2 he says, I will declare wise sayings. The psalmist begins with a command. He says, hear my instruction. For the psalmist there is not an option here. The way it's written in the or- original language of the Old Testament, there's not an option on, on listening here on what's going to be shared. This is a command. You you must listen to what I am about to share with you. And then he says, I will declare. What the psalmist is about to share is this declaration. It is a declaration of who God is, what God has called his people to do, and what God has done for his people. He is going to speak clearly regarding past events concerning the God of Israel. Now, what is being declared? When we look through verses 1 through 4, we see exactly what the psalmist is talking about when he talks about what is being declared. The great deeds of God is what is going to be declared. So he says, come here. He says, come here. You've got to hear this. And I'm going to declare with you what our God has done. What he has done for us. His greatness cannot be overlooked, and his greatness cannot be hushed. There is no mute button for the great deeds of the Lord our God. And when we think about this, we understand the importance of this for our family. We understand the importance of this, how it still applies to the family unit today. And for us as parents, and even grandparents, to pass on The greatness of God to the next generation for his glory should be one of the steps we prioritize and one of the steps that we take. You know, many times when someone passes on, a family member passes on, their will determines what's going to be shared, right? When when they're no longer with us, the, the will is looked at to determine what's going to be shared or passed down to the children or those close to them. 
And the psalmist is reminding the people that in the same way that a wheel would show what someone receives, the psalmist is reminding the people, this is what God has done. He is passing on and declaring the truth of who God is, but also what he's done. Now, how does he describe this? In this first passage of, of verses, verses 1 through 4, we see a, a keen description on what the psalmist is talking about. He describes it in two ways. Praiseworthy acts and wondrous works. Praiseworthy acts and wondrous works. So intertwined here, as the psalmist shares this declaration, intertwined within what God has done is what parents must do. Intertwined with the the praiseworthy acts and intertwined with the wondrous works, we see in verse 4 that parents should not be quiet about this. It says in verse 4, we will not hide this. We will not keep this hidden from the, the next generation. In this passage, in this first set of verses, parents are commanded not to hide, but to tell. Not to hold on to, not to keep, not to hide, but to tell the next generation and proclaim and declare the truth of who God is and the truth of the wondrous works he has done. The glory of God drives parental steps. And part of that is declaring the truth of who God is. Pastor and author John Piper writes this. He says, our aim as parents is not merely to stark our kids' heads with knowledge about God, but to inspire our kids' hearts to worship God. We're parents, we're not like the stock boy at Walmart stocking cereal, right? We don't want the information of God just to be stocked into the heads of our children. But we want to inspire our children to come with hands open and arms raised to worship God for who he is and for what he has done. But that means the truth of who God is and the truth of his wondrous acts must be declared in the home. And parents, that's our responsibility. That's part of setting the pace within the home. That to tell the next generation, to not hide it, but to tell the next generation who God is and what he has done. And as parents, we must declare who God is. And in these declarations, we present the beauty of the Lord to inspire the next generation because God's glory drives parental steps. Not only do we see, not only do we obey to declare the truth, but we seek to transmit the truth. We seek to transmit the truth. And that's the second principle we learned today in verses 5 and 6. The truth must be transmitted. Back at my birthday, Lindsay got me a gift. She got me some of these nice little AirPods. Have y'all ever seen these? Do y'all have some of these? These things are awesome, all right? So if you don't have some, maybe you would want to get some. Because I remember when I had a Walkman. And the headphones on the Walkman were basically like, it was like the wire hangers you get at the cleaners. So like the step up is the wire that would come across your head uh, for the Walkman. And then the Walkman would have these these foam things over the speakers that you would sit on your ears. And all that foam would get in your ears and it would tear off. And you really couldn't hear all that well. But hey, that's what we had, right? 
So we used it. Well, these things are awesome. Because you, there's no foam, by the way. There's no foam, so you don't have any foam residue in your ears, so that's good. And so you just sit them in your ears. There's no cords. It connects to your phone, and it's transmitting digitally, crystal clear podcast or music or whatever. So all those 80s tapes that you had, and then some of you deacons in here, I know what y'all listen to in the 80s. You, you don't have to. I know what y'all were listening to. Y'all had that Guns N' Roses. I know. It's all right. And so you just play that 80s playlist, and it's transmitted digitally, clearly, no, no problems with it. Well, parents, we're transmitters. We're transmitters, and, and we can trans, transmit as poorly as those Walkman 80s headphones, or we can transmit as clearly digitally as these new AirPods. And friend, that's up to us. We have to decide. But the word of God is clear on how we should be transmitters of the truth. We should be clear in what we're transmitting to the next generation. The psalmist establishes both certainty and clarity here. Certainty and clarity within these verses. He uses two terms to accomplish this. He uses testimony and he uses the term law. So he couples testimony and law together. And so testimony means truth attested by God himself. That God has stamped the approval on this truth of what is being shared in this testimony. That God has, has shown himself in this testimony to be faithful and to be true. And then there's the term law. Law is the comprehensive term used of God's revealed will. So what do we have here? And how can we be clear with the next generation? When we want to share testimony, we want to witness to what God has done and who God is, and then we want the law, the truth of God's revealed will, to be established in order for obedience to take place. And we can get really fuzzy on that if we don't pay attention, or we can get digitally clear on that when we study God's word and we pass on the truth of God's word and we declare God's word and we seek to transmit God's word to the next generation. That's part of the why of parenting. This is what we see in these verses. Why is this so important? He says in these verses, so that a future generation not yet born might know. That's the why. Why is this so important, pastor? Why is it so important that I, that I speak and declare the truth in my home? Why is it so important that I, begin, that, I, that, I, that I share testimony of what God's done in my home? Why is it so important that, that I take those extra steps of clarity in my home so that the next generation, not even yet born, will know who God is and will live for the glory of God? That word know in the original language, it, mean, it carries this sense of to be cognizant or aware of a fact. So what the psalmist is saying here is you have an opportunity to transmit this truth to the next generation, some of whom may not even be born yet, so that they can be aware of the fact of the one true God and his will for their life. That's so important for us as parents to transmit that truth clearly. In other places, the word, the Old Testament word there for know, it's used in a, to describe an intimate relationship. 
So, so this isn't something like we go back to that quote where we're just trying to stop knowledge. So if they have enough good knowledge about God, that they'll turn out okay. No, this is about an intimate, personal relationship. What are we just saying? He knows my name. And we want the beauty of a God that knows our name to drive deep into the hearts of the next generation. We transmit that truth. Our children cannot know God if we as parents don't set the pace in our home. And if faith is not modeled for them, they can never possess what's not present. They'll never be able to possess that. So, friend, God's glory is at stake in our home. As parents, as family units, God's glory is at stake in all of this. And a parent's view must be one that possesses the glory of God. But that's opposite and that's countercultural from the environment we inhabit. That's different. That's going to that's gonna look different and maybe not approved of in the culture that we find ourselves today. Because many homes exist for the glory of the child. Many homes work and function for the glory of the child or the children. Johnny has to be the sports star. He's got to start on varsity. Susie has to have the 4.0 and be on honor roll. And we're going to do what it takes to, to make sure that happens. Bobby's never done anything wrong. He's just a little bit mischief. Boys will be boys. It seems as though within our culture we're more worried and concerned about building the kingdom of our children than building the kingdom of God. But if we're going to take on what God's word teaches and what God's word shows us, and we're going to be transmitters of the truth, and we're going to clearly transmit who God is, what God has done, and worshiping him in spirit and truth, then we're going to look different. But it's for our good. And it's for our children's good. And it's for the good of the next generation. And the generation after that. And the ones that may not even be born yet. To pass on a declaration of the truth of who God is and what God has done is so important to be transmitters of that truth. Pastor and author Andy Stanley says this, Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. may not be something you do. It may be someone you raise. And for us to raise those that will glorify God in their life, in the next generations, it means that we have to transmit that truth. And we must transmit it digitally clear. Because if we don't lead our children and we don't disciple our children and we don't show them the truth of who God is in our home, the world will disciple them in a different way. And so part of parenting's view is understanding that the glory of God is at stake in our homes. And the glory of God drives parental steps. We get one shot with our children. May we transmit the truth of our glorious God into their heart. We wrap up today with the final principle in verse 7. Truth must be celebrated. 
So we declare truth, we transmit truth, but we also celebrate truth. Let's reread verse 7 together. So that they might put their confidence in God and not forget God's works, but keep his commands. I just mentioned earlier how yesterday we gathered at my parents' house and we celebrated uh, my dad. His birthday is this week and we just had fun. We had a great time, cake and ice cream, all that good stuff, and we celebrated that. Celebration is part of what we do, right? We, we like to celebrate. We like to celebrate achievements, or we like to celebrate birthdays, or we like to celebrate big wins for our football teams, right? All those kinds of things. We, we like celebrating. And so when we think about how we celebrate, we need to think about how we celebrate the truth of who God is. Because the next generation picks up on that. They, they pick up on how we celebrate who our God is and what our God has done. And we see here in these verses, we, we see that verse 7, it performs some of the heavy lifting for this passage. And when we break it down, we see how we celebrate for the next generation. First, we celebrate truth so that the next generation might put their confidence in God. That's where verse 7 begins. Confidence in God. We should desire that our children place their confidence in God because that is foundational for their life. And it's foundational for the family they will have one day as well. Not to put their confidence in self. Not to put their confidence in their resources, not to put confidence in their education, not to put confidence in, in, in their family heritage, not to put confidence in anything of this world, but to put confidence where it needs to lie, and that is knowing the one true living God and following him obediently for his glory. Faith breeds confidence in God, and that does immeasurably more than what we could ever think of or ever ask. That's what Paul writes about in Ephesians 3.20. That God can do immeasurably more than we think of and ask. So why don't we place our confidence in God? Because of who he is, because of what he's done. And God's glory drives parental steps. Secondly, we celebrate truth to not forget God's works. To not forget God's works. How many times did we forget something this week, huh? Yeah. I feel like I'm at a tennis match at my house. I'm walking in and out, in and out, back and forth like this in one room out there. What did I come in here for? Forget stuff all the time, don't we? But here the psalmist says, we do all of this. We declare truth. We transmit truth so that the next generation doesn't forget they don't forget who God is. They don't forget what he's done. They don't forget the marvelous works of God. We share this with them. We, we share what God has done. Let me, let me ask you this. Does your child know your testimony? Does your child know when you were baptized and, and what that was like for you? Do they know that? I can't tell you as, as a minister how many times... I've asked some of these questions when a loved one has passed, and the family didn't really know. They had some idea, but they didn't really know. But what if we begin to share our story with our children and our family? Just our story, our favorite scriptures, our baptism, 
The time that God showed up when we, we needed an answer to prayer. Passing this on. What, what would that look like for our families? And what might that do within our families? I think there's a very key principle in here. And I hope you hear this this morning. I hope you pay attention. If you're listening today, pay attention to this. Our children don't remember what we give them, but they remember what we share with them. I bet if we had time and we went around the room and had a mic and testimony and people sharing their story, we could probably come up with one or two gifts that our mom and dad or parents gave us, right? But we would come up with a whole list of things we shared with them. You know, but what's our, what's our, what's our starting point often as parents? Well, I want to give to my kids what I didn't have growing up. I want to give to my kids what I didn't get when I was growing up. And we want to shower them in some ways. And there's not necessarily inherently anything wrong with that. Don't hear me say that that's evil. But just hear me say that they may not remember all that. What they will remember is the times you sat around the table. What they will remember the times that you took them somewhere and spent time with them individually. What, what they will remember, dads taking your daughters out on that daddy-daughter date. What, what they will remember is the time that, that you took them to, you know, or you coached their sports teams or whatever you did. They will remember what you shared with them together in relationship more than they ever will remember what they got on Christmas morning. And that points to us celebrating who God is and what God has done, and sharing that together as parents and within the family. Finally, obedience is the appropriate response to God's truth. Obedience, that's what he says in verse 7, keep his commands. Why is this all so important? To keep his commands. And we see that obedience is that appropriate response. In our obedience, we glorify and we praise God. When he is the center of our, our lives, when he is the center of our homes, then we are on board with glorifying him. And this threefold cord of faith, humility, and obedience is an on-ramp for glorifying God in our home. And why do we do this? Because glorifying God drives parental steps. Glorifying God drives parental steps. And that's what I want for you, friend. That's what I want for you in your home. That's what I want for you in the, the next generation. That's what I want for you and your family. I want the glory of God to be on display in your house and on your, in your home. And when we come together as a faith family, the glory of God to be on display in this church where the faith family gathers. I want the glory of God to be on display for all to see because he alone is worthy of our worship and praise. He alone is the one true living God. He alone is the one that does praiseworthy acts and wondrous works. He alone is worthy. And God's glory is at stake in our home. And may God's glory drive our parental steps. I'm going to leave you with a couple of takeaways as we wrap up. Just some key takeaways this morning. Some simple steps, because you may be thinking, well, how do I begin this process? How do I do this? I hear what you're saying, preacher. I hear what you're saying, pastor. What well, might be a couple of steps? Well, first, pray for and pray with your kids. Pray for and pray with your children. 
When there's a moment where they show some concern, let them know that if it's, if it's big enough to be concerned about, it's big enough to pray about. And share with them. Share those moments of prayer with them. Read God's word together. I don't know how that looks like. I don't know what that looks like in your home. I don't, I don't know what might work best in your schedule where you're at. But be committed to reading God's word, even if that's one verse. Over, over the last year or two, I've, I've got this uh, little chalkboard that sits in the kitchen, and I write scripture verses on that weekly. You may use a whiteboard or something on your refrigerator. You may buy a, a, a sign that has your favorite scripture verse on it, and you put it on the mantle. I don't know what that looks like for you, but plant the word of God throughout your home, and it communicates nonverbally the glory of God in your home. And this year in our family, we're seeking to read one chapter of the New Testament every day to read together as a family throughout the New Testament throughout 2021. Whatever small step you can take is a worthy step because God's glory is at stake within our home. Finally, tell your story of what God has done in your life. Like I said earlier, your moment of baptism, what led you to that, where it was, how long ago was it? Use your baptism or use one time that God had answered a prayer in your life to speak into the life of your children beginning this week. Use your story of what God has done and may it make a difference for his glory in your home and in our homes together as a faith family. Because God's glory drives parental steps. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you today and we thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you that you've communicated to us, that you know our name, that, that you've communicated to us through your holy word, God, and help us be, to be clear in transmitting that truth and declaring that truth and celebrating that truth, God. May it be done within individual homes. May it be done one-on-one with moms and dads, sons and daughters. May, it be, may we come together as a faith family with, with all these homes represented and your glory be on display as we worship you, the one who has done praiseworthy acts and wondrous works. May we recognize that our parenting shouldn't be driven by all the other factors that are out there in this world that we encounter, but our parental steps should be driven because your glory is at stake in our home. May we seek to live for you, abide in you, and glorify you each and every day. God, I pray if there is one here today or one listening that, that doesn't know you, that maybe today is the day of salvation for them, that, that there's a decision they need to make. And I want them to know that we, that we are available, that if they want to contact us this week or send a direct message online or even just wait around till afterwards when, when we dismiss and everyone's done, they just want to come back in and find myself, love to pray with them, talk with them about whatever decision you're laying upon their heart, God. Lord, we pray that they wouldn't put that decision off or put it on the back burner, but that it would be upfront and real and be something they could act upon beginning today, Lord. Lord, we just pray that you would bring clarity for us as a church and as a faith family here in Indianola on how we can glorify you through our worship, through our service, through being intentional, God, and see you do something that only you can get the credit for, God. Lord, as we sing this final song today, may you impress upon our hearts by the Spirit exactly what you're calling us to do. And may we have the boldness and courage and faith 
to step out and follow where you lead. We pray this in your precious holy name. Amen.